Now listen, we're beginning a new series on today that we are calling, wait for it, NEW, N-E-W. By the way, N-E-W is an acronym, it's an acronym for Natural Everyday Worship. That's what it's called. Y'all knew natural everyday worship. This, this series is designed to redefine what worship is and what it's not. Y'all, to discover what constitute worship. How can we worship every day and how can we worship anywhere? I'm convinced that if we're going to grow people, if we're going to be transformed and if we're going to transform or be transformed ourselves, and impact the lives of others, then we are going to have to grasp some fundamental principles around worship, and here's why. Because worship is so dear to the heart of God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, wherever you're viewing from, get your Bibles in your hands. Let's go to the Word of God. I need you all to give me about a good 20 minutes of your time. I want to get you out of here in good time. Give me about 20 minutes of your time. I'm going to do my very best to give you what I have and whatever I can give you today. I'll meet you here on next Sunday if the Lord delays his coming. And we will do it all over again. Now listen, in the Gospel of Matthew, if you will, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. I want you to look with me at verse 21. I'm going to start there at verse 21. I read to you from the ESV version. It is available for you on the monitors. Get your own Bibles if you can. Get your own Bibles. It's available to you on your screen, on your tablet, on your smartphone. And I want you to see what this woman has done in the area and arena of worship. Here's what it says in verse 21 of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15. It says, in Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyron and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away. For she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed. Mm. That very hour, instantly. Do me a favor, look, look with me again, right at verse 24. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep. Sent only to the lost, but she came and she knelt before him. King James says she worshiped before him. But she came and she knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. 
I, I want to talk today in our new series, NEW, I want to talk about PDA. I want to talk about public display of affection. I wish y'all would help me preach today. I want, to, I want to talk about the public display of affection. The public display. Hey, listen, a public display of affection is physically demonstrating affection for persons while in the view of others. PDA, PDA behavior is sometimes considered in bad taste. And in some jurisdictions, y'all, it may even be criminal. Not only do we express affection towards others that we love, but we also express affection towards our favorite sports team. I'll wait for you to say amen. Y'all, we, we'll buy all of the apparel and, and the paraphernalia. We'll stand in long lines to get inside. We'll wear other people's names on our chest and on our back. We'll even watch the events in inclement weather. We'll watch the sport event in inclement weather. Snow, rain, and even the cold. They could be losing, and you still there. Not only do we express y'all affection and love for, our, for others in sports teams, but we also express affection for our favorite entertainment artists like um, uh, Queen Bee, Beyonce, and Future, and 21 Savage, and J. Cole, and Taylor Swift, and Drake, and Kanye West, and Justin Bieber. Oh yeah, I know who they are. I know y'all. We, we, y'all, we know all the words to their songs. Y'all, we start, we start buying the tickets and their music the second the show dates open up on Ticketmaster. We get all dressed up and wear our best to their concerts. And when they start singing, y'all, we, we start shouting, we scream, we cry. And in some cases, y'all, people even faint because they are so overcome with emotions. Not only, not, only, not only, Minister Paul, do we express y'all uh, um, um, love for others, for sports teams and, and for entertainment and, and artists, but, but, but we also do it for celebrities, our favorite actors and actresses, for our president and vice president. We, we do it for politicians and entertainers across the spectrum. Recently, you all, my, my oldest granddaughter, my oldest granddaughter, Janiah, celebrated her birthday and she turned 15 years of age on July the 21st. Her, her dad and her mom surprised her with tickets to the Broadway musical called Hamilton that's going to be out in New York, y'all. Y'all, the expression, the expression, the excitement, the screams and the tears, y'all couldn't even be measured regarding the love and appreciation she had for her parents, y'all, but probably more importantly for the Broadway show. All that I am trying to convey is that we're not, y'all, anemic when it comes to displaying our love and affection for people and things that matter to us that we hold dear. Preach, Pastor. Y'all not helping me, but I'm going to preach. So, so, but when it comes to God, 
When it comes to God, watch this, Brother Charles, and when it comes to displaying affection towards God who created and saved us, we generally respond as one who has no life or as one who is reserved in our expression of gratitude. These are those who find it difficult to express love towards God, especially if certain persons are around them. See, see God, God can meet your needs and be blessing you from left to right, but because you are in the wrong company, you will deny expressing gratitude for your relationship with a God because of someone who hasn't done anything for you and for someone who couldn't even compare to the graciousness that God has delayed towards you. Listen, the, you know, the, the graciousness that God has displayed before you. Listen, isn't it interesting that people who demonstrate PDA towards those things that are dear to their heart, whether it's their team, their favorite entertainment artist, or their favorite celebrity, their boo or their bae, why, 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 don't, why don't you do the same for God? Mm. You, you, you would do it whether people are watching or not when it comes to the other things. I, I know, I know, I know, I know. There, there are those who will say to me, hey, pastor, I, I'm not that expressive. They'll say stuff to me like this, Leah. Pastor, I'm not wired like that. <laughs> Others would say, hey, pastor, I don't believe it takes all of that. But if we would be honest, we would have to admit that if I pulled you out of a church environment, and puts you in a stadium or an arena with your favorite team or in the concert hall with your favorite entertainment artist or on stage with your favorite celebrity. If I pulled you out of, your, your, uh, out of the church environment and put you in your favorite dance club, your favorite bar, or your favorite strip club, if I put you in the environment of your fraternity or your sorority or your social club of choice, you would become expressive even if it's no more than you rocking back and forth from side to side expressing your emotions towards something you love. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot you're not that expressive. Let, let, me, let me let you in on a, on a little secret. Wait, hold, hold on. Let, let me let you in. Let, get, get this little secret. Here it is. We were made to display affection towards God. Wow. We were made to worship. We were made to worship God. Here's the problem. Man, Pastor Nelson, here's the problem. The problem is, y'all, the problem is no one has ever told us what that looked like. No one has ever told us how it's supposed to be done. No one told us when it should be done. Nor did anyone explain why we should worship God. No one has ever told me that worship moved the very heart of God. See, some of us have been in church a long time. 
Others just a short while. While there's some of you who are a novice at this thing and yet we don't fully understand this thing called worship but was created to do it and are expected to worship God. Allow me, allow me, if you don't mind, allow me, allow me to start by telling you what worship is. Let me give it to y'all. Come on, here it is. Worship is expressing our love and gratitude to God for who he is, what he's done, what he said, and what he promised he would do. Come on, y'all. We worship him not just for what he does. We worship him for who he is. Are you hearing me? Listen, y'all, in, in Romans chapter 11, Romans chapter 11, I got about five more minutes. Let me give you the most, as much as I possibly can. In Romans chapter 11, right around verse 36, y'all, it tells us this. It tells us, but everything comes from him and exists. Uh, and, 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 and literally, you all, comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Listen, y'all, Adam and Eve were, were in the Garden of Eden. They were in the Garden of Eden. Life for them was good. And they lived in solid community with God. Until, oh God, y'all, until they sinned and were cast out of the garden. It was at that point sin entered the world, but sin was just the byproduct of something deeper going on. The problem was that Adam and Eve shifted their worship from glorifying God and redirected it to their own desires. I got some I want you to hold on to for me. Put, put this in your notes. Please note this, y'all. I want you to note, you were made to worship, but you were not made, y'all, to be worshipped. I want you to get this, y'all. We were made to worship. But we were not made, we were not made, we were not made to be worshipped. Are you hearing me? We were made to worship God. The problem, however, is no one ever explained to us what that looked like. How it's supposed to be done. When it should be done. Nor did anyone explain why we ought to worship God. Oh, I, I need you to get this, y'all. We were made to worship, not be worshipped. They sacrificed the peace and tranquility, Adam and Eve did, that God had given them in pursuit of knowledge. And unfortunately, y'all, this is where many of us are with our own lives. This is where we are with our own lives. Whether we are saved or not, we are all battling it out about which way to direct our worship. The truth is, we all worship something. Y'all ain't helping me. I said, we all worship something. Are you hearing me? See, some of us would like to argue that we're not like Adam and Eve. We know better. We don't worship anything. Never would we be like, like caught worshiping anything other than God. No, we ain't like Adam and Eve. Well, let me just ask you, what about work? What about money? Come on, lean in. What about sex? What about power? How about we worship our children, our spouses, 
our bodies. We even worship our looks, our material possessions. I want you to know, y'all, everyone is a worshiper. The question is, are you going to direct your worship to the creator, God, or the created things? The, the reason why worship is so important to God is because it's the one thing that God cannot give himself. I'll, I'll say it again for you. Y'all, th the reason why worship is so important is because it is the one thing that God cannot give himself. Pastor, I thought there was nothing God couldn't do. Listen, y'all, the one thing, Deacon Chris, God can, can, cannot do is worship. And here's why. See, in order to worship, you have to have something higher than yourself. And unfortunately, y'all, there's nothing higher than the most high God. Let me help y'all. Come here, come here, lean in. Worship is the only thing we can give to God. You can't expect to get something while you give nothing. Come on, Bishop, for y'all to still, you've got to know, you must know that God is the one who gives to us, and we ought to be able to give to Almighty God. Are, are y'all hearing me? Y'all, you can't expect something while you give nothing for all that God gives to us, and you mean to tell me we can't give him the one thing we can give, and that's worship? Come on, y'all. The word worship it was a, a, a contraction of two words, worth and ship. It, it meant to describe or to ascribe or declare the worth of something or to place value in the personal thing being honored. To worship, then, is to lift up the Lord, to declare his value and place life under his lordship. Y'all, listen, listen, y'all, worship is so vitally important to God. It's so vitally important to God that the first four of the Ten Commandments deal exclusively with worship. No book, no book, Del Marie, in the Bible speaks more about worship than the book of Psalms. Cain and Abel worshiped God, and when they brought offerings before the Lord in Genesis chapter 4, y'all, they worshiped God. In Genesis 22 and 5, we're told that Abraham said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and my boy Isaac go over to Mount Moriah and worship there. Bible says, y'all, there they will worship. And then it says, and we going to come back to you. God have mercy. Y'all, wait, wait, wait for it. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, King David worshiped God before he worshiped before the Lord as he danced with all of his might when the Ark of the Covenant was returned. In Isaiah, y'all, 6 and 1, we see Isaiah worshiping God in the year that King Uzziah died. The Bible said he was, the Lord was sitting on a throne high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. Above it, y'all, stood seraphims, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered his face. With other wings, they covered his feet. With twain, he did fly and once cried unto another, one cried unto another, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth 
is full of his glory. Okay, that's the Old Testament. Let me give you, let me give you the new. In Mark chapter 5, verse 2, there was a man who called himself Legion because he had many demons living inside of him. Bible tells me he lived in a graveyard. No one could bind him, not even his, with chains. Night and day, he would be crying and cutting himself with stones. But the Bible says, oh God, when he saw Jesus afar off, come on you Bible readers, he ran and worshipped him and Jesus healed him of the unclean spirits. Let me give you one more, one more, one more, Larry. Revelation chapter 4, verse 10 tells us that the four and twenty elders fell down before Jesus and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy ple pleasure they were all created. I'll say it again. Here it is. Worship is the only thing we can give to God. <laughs> Come on, y'all help me preach this thing. I said worship is the only thing we can give to God. Would you help me put that in the chat? I said worship is the only thing we can give to God. It's important to God. Whether it's public or a private display of affection, it's critical to God. Public or private, which then means, y'all, that we don't have to wait until we are in church, y'all, to worship God. We can worship God anywhere at any time. Yo, let me, let, me, let me show you this woman. I'm through. I want to show you this woman in the text. I'll quit here. Y'all, this woman in our text who needed something from God so bad that she didn't let anything keep her from giving to God the one thing that she could give to him. She didn't care who saw her doing it. Examine the context of our text, y'all. Bible tells us, Lady Cynthia, that um, Jesus often finds himself emerged in controversy and emerged in opposition. I think it's interesting, Minister Paul, to note that even Jesus was constantly having to deal with controversy, as holy and right as he was. Everyone didn't have something good to say about him. Y'all, there were people who often challenged Jesus. The scribes challenged him. The Pharisees challenged him. The Sadducees challenged him. They were often putting pressure on Jesus. I know I'm right because we're told that Jesus retreated from the center of Jewish life. He went as far away from Jewish life as he could possibly go. He went away up north, close to Syria. Y'all, that's what it would be today, Syria, y'all, in order to get away from the pressure of Jewish controversy. Jesus went to this destination incognito. We're told that Jesus went to Tyre and Sidon, which was a Gentile area. There were some Jews in this area, but most of the area was mainly Gentiles. Jesus does this because he wanted some relief. Bible tells us that he took his disciples with him. I want to park here for a moment, Leah, and just tell somebody for a moment. Y'all, I want to tell you that even Jesus needed a break from pressure. And he was God. And if he needed a break from pressure, then how much more do you need a break from pressure? 
Yeah, we're told, according to verse 22, there was a black woman, Canaanite woman, a descendant of Ham. Y'all, a black woman, a Canaanite woman, a descendant of Ham. Ham is the father of people who look like us. This Canaanite woman, a black sister, pulled the covers off of his identity while he was trying to be incognito. Bible tells us that this woman kept following him. She kept crying to him. She was saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. She kept crying to him. She was saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Jesus kept, Jesus kept on doing what he was doing. He was trying to be incognito. There is a, y'all, this is a persistent mother continually trying to get help for her daughter who is grievously vexed with a devil. Son of David, have mercy upon me. Verse 23 tells us that Jesus did not answer her a word. And his disciples said, send her away. She's going to blow out cover, Jesus. This woman's daughter is vexed with a demon. Jesus tells his disciples that he can't give her what she wants because what she wants is not for her. It's only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He tells his disciples he can't help her because she does not qualify. I'm almost through, y'all. The woman, however, didn't allow the fact that she didn't qualify for the blessing to keep her from getting what she needed. The Bible says the woman, y'all, knelt down and she worshiped. Verse 25 tells us she came and knelt before him and she worshiped him. But when she worshipped him, something happened. I got to go, but y'all hear what happened. The Bible tells me he called her a dog. (laughs) He said, it's not right for me to uh, give food to the dogs. And rather than letting what Jesus said to her, uh, said to the disciples about her, y'all, she said, yeah, Lord, but even the dogs get a chance to eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Let me tell y'all this. If you are a real worshiper, you won't let insults keep you from getting what God has for you. You won't let discouragement keep you from getting what God has for you. As a matter of fact, when when things get in your way, That's the time for you to fall down and go to worshiping. When people lay you out, that's the time to go ahead and worship. I dare you, right where you are, lift up your hands and give unto God the best praise you can. May I tell you something? If you worship him, he will work it out. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cried out, hallelujah. I said, won't he do it? Won't worship work? I dare you, throw your head back and 
shout glory. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Listen.